Hey, good morning, and welcome back to the Stacks of Cash podcast. Have Jay Cohen with me, my wingman to my right here. Um, we want to touch on a topic that over the last few episodes we've hinted at and brought up um, just intermittently, um, and that is the term inflation. And it, it kind of rears its ugly head in many fashions. And so what we want to do is we want to take time to explain what it actually means and how it affects you as an individual and how it affects institutions as well. So Jay, give me your expert analysis on the definition of inflation. Well, Dave, thanks, man. Uh, And welcome back, everybody. Uh, Great topic. It's in the news a lot. And uh, uh, we've been talking about this for quite a while because inflation definitely impacts policy at the Federal Reserve slash central bank level. And it affects how they view interest rates. And of course, that has a profound impact on the economy. So inflation is is really quite simply uh, when prices of goods and services go up. And the rate of inflation, the rate at which prices change, i.e. increase, can become a problem from an economic standpoint for a variety of reasons. And so we want to talk a little bit about what's causing inflation to become front page news again. You know, it's been a long, long time since inflation was a front page news story. In fact, you'd have to go back to the 70s, really the late 70s, and the Carter administration where inflation had had peaked at around 29%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was 1978, Dave. Mm-hmm. And um, Reagan came in as the, uh, the new president, and there was a Federal Reserve chair, a guy named Paul Volcker, who was famous for increasing interest rates dramatically and in very short fashion to break the back of inflation. And in doing so, they created a recession, So they created a recession where unemployment was near 8%, interest rates were near 20%, and inflation was in the teens. And and so what causes inflation is a couple things. And uh, Dave, do you want to just start off with kind of some of the causes of inflation? Yeah, some of the causes of inflation. Uh, The first one, and these are going to sound familiar with what's happening in the world today. And and the first item is an increase in demand. You know, again, COVID, with people sitting in their houses, not spending as much money, there was pent-up demand. And that changes the demand curve. And so when people are going back out into the economy and spending their money on house renovations or whatever, cars, et cetera, that changes the demand curve dramatically. And so that's one reason why inflation can occur. The other one that is also happening today is the increase in money supply. And that comes from the Federal Reserve printing more money. And so that may sound a little foreign to you or just not really applicable to your day-to-day lives, but I want to make this example very easy to understand. And one of our favorite economists, Jay's and I's favorite economist, is Brian Westbury, uh, first trust. And he came up with this very simple example that even I and Jay could understand <laughs> to describe inflation. So let's imagine that we're in a very simple economy where there are 10 apples and there are $10. 
So if that's you, it, right, Dave? That's I mean, that's, that's, that's all. It. You got 10 apples and you got $10. That's exactly right. Okay. So what does that mean? That means one apple equals $1. Again, we Easy. can even do that math. So let's just say, for example, that I decide to put three more dollars out into the economy here. How do you, how do, you do that, Dave? What, what, what do you mean you put three more dollars? Well, I can just print more money. Oh, oh! so if you're the Federal Reserve Bank, you can just make it up. I can just make it up. goes back to what we talked about on our last podcast, exactly. fiat currency. Yes. You make it up. It's you just not backed print by it. anything. You just print it. You just print it. Okay, so now we have 13 bucks. Yeah, so what is it? we still have 10 apples. That's it. That is all we have. And so what happens to the price of the apple? Goes up. They're worth a buck 30 now, yep. magically. Magically, the price of that apple has increased 30%. And so what you see there is an inflationary example. And we're seeing that today with many different products, lumber being one, steel being one. I mean, anybody who's redone their house right now knows that lumber is like worth more than gold. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, one of the things that we want to kind of point out here is because in my mind, I'm like, well, but the Fed's been printing money for a long time. Why haven't we really seen inflation? And, you know, when I kind of think about the bigger picture, let's go to the real economy, not our simple economy. You know, the United States has been importing low prices from around the world for decades. Right. Right? Think cheaper, cheaper goods have been coming in via China. Prior to that, it was Japan. And so we were importing lower prices we also had big productivity gains in terms of technology and things like that. And these things helped to keep prices down. But but we kind of went through this period of, well, there were a couple things. Number one, we started to stand up to China just importing in or mm-hmm. exporting to us deflation. Right. We stood up to that. And I think the pandemic really did follow on to this change in policy in a highly disruptive manner. The pandemic really disrupted the supply chain very dramatically. And you had that, and then as you mentioned, it was a shift in the demand curve, specifically in certain areas, because yeah. you know people weren't traveling, they weren't going out to restaurants, they weren't buying nice clothes for work. Right. They're sitting at their house looking at how ugly their house was, and they're like, <laughs> i got to do something about this. Right. And it created a real shift. It also created a real shift in terms of demand at, at, at second homes, right. the lake, the beach, wherever, because people wanted to get away just from sitting at their house. So you had that shift in demand. You had a shift or a reduction in importing low prices. And then on top of that, you've got the Fed – printing literally the most money at the highest velocity they've printed ever. Yeah, I mean, you could really just read into a textbook, an economics textbook, and see what inflation is. All of those factors are happening today. So it's a real-life example of what you would read in a textbook about inflation, which I mean, is it's kind of fascinating. Pr- pretty simple. And so so we, so we those are the causes. And it's pretty straightforward, pretty easy to grasp. But, but there's this there's this word out there that the Fed is using, and that word is transitory, mm-hmm. because the politicians and the central bankers really don't want inflation to become a big, big problem, and they do have some control over inflation. They create inflation. They can create deflation as well. Right. 
Um, they've stated publicly for a while they would like inflation to increase, but they only want it to increase so much. So it's kind of gotten a little out of hand. Uh, the CPI the other day printed at 5.4%, which is well above their 2% target. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jerome Powell, he's the spokesperson for the Federal Reserve Bank, comes out and says, hey, uh, yeah, you know, we, we get it. It's a little hot. We're going to let it run hot. But it's transitory. Mm-hmm. Dave, what does transitory mean? Well, in the way they're putting it, transitory means that this inflation is temporary. It's not going to stay, and it's not going to last for for long. And, uh, Jay, you brought up a good example to me the other day when you went out to eat. And I'd like to think of it this way because it's a simple example. You went to a barbecue restaurant for lunch the other day, yeah, correct? I did. Guilty. What, what was your experience like? What did you pay for a barbecue sandwich and fry. Well, so the water. Yeah, so so let me tee this up for you. So when I was trying to figure out where we were going, I was meeting a friend, and it, we went to the Greater Good Barbecue, outstanding in in in, in Buckhead, Sandy Springs, and I go to the website because I want to make sure they're open and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And on the website, very front page, it says, "Hey, prices are subject to change at any moment." All right, so kind of red flag. I'm like, okay, well, I'm expecting some higher than normal prices. I get to the restaurant and they have this huge board outside with the menu on it. And on the menu, there are a couple places where they've taken tape and they've taped over a price and written in a new one. Right. Okay. So I get a small, incredible. yeah, I get a small sliced beef brisket sandwich with a little coleslaw on it and a small thing of fries. I was cheating that day (laughs) and a water, (laughs) $14.72 $14.72 before tip. Wow. And, you know, so it, it, it that's probably up about 20 to 30% from what I would have paid there about a year ago. And so I guess the question is, Dave, and I think I, think I know where you're getting at, what happens, I mean, are they going to lower prices? Well, that, that's the question. So when, he, when Jerome Powell was talking about this inflation being transitory, do you think that the price of that barbecue sandwich is going to go down after a few months or a few years? I don't think it will. I just don't think it will. It could, but I don't think it will. I think some products and services may change and be transitory, but I think there's going to be a lot of them that are pretty sticky. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, why if you were a business owner and you could get $14.72 – for that order, and your prices for some strange reason declined, uh, wouldn't you just pocket the, the the difference? Yeah, and business owners don't like change, and they like to plan ahead. And so, why wouldn't you just lock in the higher price? And if you if the demand's good for that that product, why would you change it? Uh, and I don't think they will. Yeah. So I mean, it the the word transitory they kind of tossed it around. What was interesting about it was initially they were like, oh yeah, you know, it's transitory. Yeah, no big deal. About you know a couple months, a couple three six months, you know, end of the year, and then Powell comes out the other day. He's like, well, you know, it could be a little longer. Right. And and the longer prices are higher, the harder it is for them to come back down. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. And so just with that example of the barbecue sandwich, it seems like you as the consumer of that sandwich is kind of the loser in this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, you don't have as much buying power. You're getting a smaller sandwich. You're paying more for it. So it makes me think, you know, when when we're in an inflationary environment, who are the winners and losers? 
I mean, it's a great question. Uh, so I, let's let's talk about the losers first, because I think it's important to understand who are the losers in an inflationary environment. And so in the simplest form, uh, people who have money in a bank that are earning almost no interest are the losers. And the reason they're the losers is because they're losing buying power, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if, if a dollar is worth a dollar today and the price of a good – the apple, let's say, or go back to our apple example. Suppose that apple now, the the, the value of it because of inflation, it's now a dollar ten. Mm-hmm. Well, then then my dollar sitting in the bank just lost ten percent buying power. Yeah, you power. can't buy a full apple now. I can't get a full apple. I got to get ninety percent roughly. One with a apple. bite out of it. Yeah. So <laughs> so 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 yeah, it's nasty. So so <laughs> you can't, you know. So the losers are people who are who are, have money in the bank now. I want to let's take that to the next level. Really, a depositor in a bank is a lender to the bank, right? You've right. lent your money to the bank. They turn around, they owe it back to you uh, on demand. And it, but what they do while you're just letting it sit there, they go and they lend that money to someone else, right? right. So when, lenders really are the losers. Okay, like if you and I went and bought a bond from a company, which is just us lending money to a company. Uh, and say we lend them, let's say we lend them a thousand dollars today, and we don't get that bond back, that that thousand dollars back for ten years. Yeah. Well, well, if inflation starts running rampant, ten years from now, the value of that thousand dollars buying power is going to be substantially lower. Right. So, so that's another. So, if you're a, a bondholder, a lender, you are losing buying power on your dollars down the road, and right. eventually. Interest rates have to be enough to cover that lost buying power. That's eventually in economics is what's got to happen, right? That's exactly right. So, so Dave, if, if lenders are the losers in an inflationary environment, who are the winners in an inflationary environment? The borrowers, for one. Uh, so, you know, which is kind of interesting if you think what's happening right now. The housing market has just absolutely been booming because people are – well, interest rates are low and people are levering up and they're buying new houses. And so really in this environment, they're a winner because they have a low interest rate that's going to be locked in for a long period of time. And so in that scenario, the borrower is definitely a winner. You know, in addition to having a low interest rate and, and, and diverting that out for deferring that out for many years, they also are the owner of a real asset, which tends to do pretty well in an inflationary environment. Talking so, about a homeowner now, uh, right? Well, totally. That's a real asset. I mean, that's something tangible. Um, and, and so, you know, that's part of the reason why we're seeing this market be so, so uh, you know, solid for in the housing market. So um, those would be the winners for sure. So just to build on that a little bit on the housing side of things and, and real estate investors in general, um, you're taking a long-term asset that is in short supply mm-hmm. due to the reasons we've discussed that uh, is favorably affected by inflation, right? Mm-hmm. And you're borrowing money at presumably a low fixed rate that you don't owe for many, many years. Um, that's a good situation to be in. You know, another winner are are governments that issue debt that 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 borrow money right because mm-hmm. if i borrow a thousand a day 
and the value of that dollar erodes by 50% when it's due, then effectively I've reduced what I really owe back to the bar, to the lender. That's exactly right. Right. So, so the U.S. government, do, do you think the U.S. government with approaching $30 trillion of, of, of debt, do you think that the U.S. government has an incentive for inflation to get a little hot? You betcha. You betcha they do because they're taking out lots of loans right now. Right. And, and they're doing that by selling bonds. Yeah, which we've talked about before. Absolutely. You know, they, they, they issue a bond via the Treasury. The central bank comes in and they buy the bond. And the way they buy the bond is they just make a journal entry. They just print up the money and they say, I'm going to buy the bond. Right. Because they can do that. Right. That's exactly right. So, so, so the, the, and you even hear politicians, some saying, hey, now's the perfect time to be doing this. Exactly. And so, you know, they're making the case for it. But, but here's the thing that we are concerned about as investment advisors and, uh, you know, a little bit of inflation's okay. But, but here's the problem this is what we're keeping an eye on. And David and I advise a lot of institutions on their 401k plans and, and pension plans, individual clients, and, and we keep a very sharp eye on the inflation situation. And so there are two things we've really been focused on for quite a while. Number one is when inflation becomes front page news, that's going to be the flashing light. But the real thing that becomes the problem is when the Federal Reserve doesn't have the option to not raise interest rates because price increases are happening at an increasingly fast rate. Yeah. And when that happens, what behaviors does that cause individual consumers and businesses to do? People start hoarding. They're not going to go spend their money on these items. <laughs> yeah. Just, the prices are getting out of control. Well, and they that's hoard. that's the problem. They're like, hey – uh, if if my Charmin is going to quadruple in price by the end of the year, I'll buy a lot of Charmin now. And they start hoarding. And, and, and that creates a very unfavorable economic situation. This did happen in Germany back mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the 30s and 40s. Leading up to, leading World, up War to World, World War II. We're not saying this is going to create a world war. Venezuela, most recently, was one where they had a very rapid runaway inflation. It also creates a problem for businesses to be able to plan appropriately, which makes it difficult to allocate capital and to plan and prepare. So so inflation, a little bit's not bad, um, but too much can be really, really bad. And the quandary that the Fed has put themselves in is this. They really can't raise interest rates right now. Mm-hmm. Because it would increase the interest expense to the U.S. government, and and they have a lot of debt that they're they're trying to push out there. Absolutely, and that would be really really bad. It would also could potentially slow the economy down dramatically, even throw us into a recession. Mm-hmm. So we got to keep an eye on inflation, see where it goes, see if it's truly transitory or not. But I actually think, Dave, right now that the, the CPI might be the, one of the most important stats that's out there. And the CPI an is the Consumer Price Index, which just measures the prices and the price increases for consumer goods. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think it's uh, printed on a, a quarterly basis right. by the Bureau of Labor Statistics is where it comes from. So it's the, the government's doing the calculations. Uh, they have an incentive to 
make those as favorable as possible. Right, of course. But what, what doesn't lie is what you're actually paying for goods and services. So continue to keep an eye on that stuff and, um, and just be cautious. But if you're in the market looking for a piece of property um, and you can get a long-term fixed rate, now now's probably not the worst time if you believe inflation is going to continue, which we think inflation is going to continue to, to be out there for, for a while now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, Dave? No, I mean, I think we covered it pretty good. Just keep your eyes out. Uh, pay attention when you're buying goods. If you start seeing those going up, you know, a light bulb should be going off in your head like, this is inflation. I'm seeing it. I'm feeling it. It's here. Yeah, absolutely. And despite what they tell you. So, hey, listen, everybody, uh, do us a favor. Uh, please uh, pass along our Stacks of Cash podcast to your friends, family, relatives, all that kind of good stuff. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Be well.